We're actually in the memory making business. It's the basis on which the marathon is founded. Welcome to the official Run to Remember Memorial Marathon podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Fairs, and we have a great lineup in store this week. Jolene Cheney and Emily Sutton from our media partner, KFOR-TV, discuss all things marathon. Plus, you'll hear from trainer Mark Bravo, Sunny Wilkinson, mayor of the village, and Zach Craig and Adam Wisniewski with the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau. The official Run to Remember Memorial Marathon podcast is sponsored and produced by Knox Studios, a creative studio and production partner for the modern media age. The 2022 OKC Memorial Marathon runs the weekend of April 22nd through the 24th. Visit okcmarathon.com to sign up. Prices increase on March 1st, so get registered today. We'll start off the show with race director Carrie Watkins. Well, welcome to the Run to Remember podcast. I'm joined by Zach Craig with the Oklahoma City Convention Visitors Bureau and Adam Wisniewski, who's our new sports guru in Oklahoma City. We're so glad to have you guys at, on the on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. So tell me, you guys are both at the finish line. You saw the celebration in October. What are your thoughts about the run, what you've seen, what you've heard, what you feel? Adam, I'll let you start. Well, I'll probably start by giving Zach a little bit of a hard time. So I took this position in Oklahoma City the last week of September. So the marathon was my very first Saturday here in Oklahoma City. At the night baptism by fire. And Zach said, hey, jump into the fire. This is the cream of the crop of sporting (laughs) events in OKC. Here you go. Um, But for somebody who had never experienced it before, somebody who never laid eyes on it before, it was absolutely tremendous. What you're always looking for from community event, especially from the sports landscape, is one where you can feel the energy. You can feel the impact. You can tell that it's really making a difference on people and you got anywhere near that finish line and you felt the energy blocks away. It was truly, truly remarkable. And that was at half the people. So you I know. Wait. We're building back. Zach, what about you? What, what, how, what do you think about all this? Well, you know, being a native from Oklahoma City metro area, I was born and raised in Shawnee and Seminole. And this was my first experience with the marathon. I've been gone uh, for 20 plus years from this area. And for me, it's special because I remember exactly where I was in 1995 and and really reflected on that a little bit from Friday when the expo was taking place all the way to Sunday and at the finish line and seeing the community come together. It was just really special for me and it was a great moment. Part of our challenge at the Memorial Museum is to keep the story alive and keep it relevant. And we do that by visitors from out of town and locals. But so many people come here to understand the story or they're here for a horse show or something else. It's another sporting event, you know, College World Series. We were packed the whole week. But you guys have been with us on this journey from the very first. And promoting this site as a rite of passage or as a place that visitors should come to is sometimes awkward because you're in the fun business, you're promoting the good, and this is a hard story. But the marathon helps us also package that as a run to remember. But talk to us about your job of you know promoting the city and helping people understand what there is in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So, you know, this place, this wonderful, thriving destination is a place that's steeped in Native American and Western culture We also have these modern and really emerging attractions here. 
there's so many treats and hidden gems in this city, but I think everyone that comes here owes it to themselves to go to the sacred ground at the memorial and learn that story and take that experience away and go home with that. So neither one of you were here in April 1995, right? Or were you in Oklahoma then? I was in Seminole. Okay, you were in Seminole. Yes. You were not in Oklahoma. No, ma'am. So half of the people in Oklahoma City weren't here in 1995. So that's our first audience. And then also, it's the same with you, for people to understand what a great city we have and how much there is to do here. But yet for the outsiders to come in to understand there's so much to see and experience and just the spirit of the people. How does that compare to other cities you've been in? Well, I think Oklahoma City has a tremendous offering in terms of things for people to do while they're here. I think that it's a diamond in the rough in terms of a destination and and what we can offer to people. I think it flies under the radar. And when people get here, they're often surprised. Specific to the marathon, something I wanted to to touch on based on your last um, comment was you talked about being in the fun business and the sports business, which are very easily intertwined. But the way that I look at it is we're actually in the memory-making business. If we can properly set the stage for somebody to have an experience that's unique and memorable, they're always going to look back at Oklahoma City in a favorable light. And I think that's one of the things that's so cool about the marathon is that ability to create a memory, that ability to create an experience to tell a story is in its DNA. It's the basis on which the marathon is founded. And I think that that's very unique. And so if you can give somebody the experience of coming in for that marathon, having almost an overwhelming emotional experience, but then outside of that, we can also show them programming from all throughout our city and how many other different things we can offer. I think that that's very, very unique. And I think it showcases the biggest strength that Oklahoma City has to offer in comparison to other destinations, which is the strength of our community and how much we care. And there's no better place that's on display than at the marathon. Great point. Mm -hmm. What do you guys, what was your favorite part of the marathon that you saw? You know, I've got to start with weeks in advance. And as I get out into the community on the weekends, I can just see the energy in the city build up. And I'm talking about local running groups. I'm talking about the buzz around neighborhoods, maybe some challenges from one neighbor to the other. That, from a community perspective, that means so much because it's really the elevation of the city and it's the spirit of the people. And so I have to start there. But as we progress into that weekend and continue to feel the energy on that Friday at the expo and then have everything finished now in Scissortail Park, it's just really, really special. It's really a celebration. And the new convention center to be able to use that. Those are things that the people of Oklahoma City have built with their pennies. And I think it seemed most appropriate in there. And, and I think that'll only get bigger and better. We're planning this year a whole weekend of activities of concert and fireworks on Friday night. And just a, a way to bring families downtown and get engaged, whether they're running or not. They'll find something about the marathon they like. So that's one of our goals. And I think the other thing we're excited to talk about, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in social media and the podcast, is for... Quincy and Alicia and I to go uh, through the neighborhoods. And so every week we're going to stop and, you know, along the way over the next 12 weeks and every couple of miles in these neighborhoods and just have coffee or invite the neighbors in and or just be a part of the neighborhood and go to them and thank them. We really do shut the town down for 24 hours and people are really good to us. And it's kind of our way of saying thanks to them. And you guys are an important part of that as well. Yeah. When you talk about an event, The hope and the dream is that always you make it unique to your destination. You want to try to find a way to make it uniquely OKC so that when people do visit, they feel what it means to be in Oklahoma City. Do you want to showcase your destination also in a way where it makes the residents 
very proud of what you're showcasing to visitors, people who are experiencing their city for the first time. You want them to look at what you're doing with pride. And I think it's so cool the way that the marathon is designed to integrate itself in OKC's DNA. Yeah, there's so many great people in neighborhoods that come out. It really is Oklahoma City at its best. I and mean, there's a lot of, you know, mimosa parties and yard parties and all these things on Sunday morning where people who just would typically be other places kind of block out that morning to, to have these neighborhood parties. And we've had some of them on the podcast, but what's the next step for the marathon? As you look around other cities, what's something that we can do that would be different than what you've seen in Charlotte or other cities you guys have been in? I think just continue to grow. It's really the celebration. You know, I look at that weekend, it really is running to remember, but also celebrating life. Right. That's the power of tourism is to celebrate life and come together as a community and come together as visitors. And that's what makes this marathon and this weekend and the programming around it really special. So I envision really the Sistertail Park and that green space really coming alive and more of the community getting involved in it. And, And who knows? But I think the groundwork that you've laid over the numerous years I can only see this thing getting bigger and better and probably more importantly, more impactful for the community. So the runners come from all 50 states and several countries. Talk about the economic impact of the race weekend. When you're looking at the marathon in terms of an attendance-driven event, it's as big as we have in Oklahoma City right behind the Women's College World Series. We know that a significant number of those people are coming from outside city limits, which is tremendous. You and your team are bringing in people from all over the country to spend their dollars, not only at our hotels, but at our other attractions, at our restaurants. And that's fantastic. When I saw the statistic about all 50 states, and I think you said north of 10, maybe closer to 13 countries have been represented. And I'm sure that number is only going to continue to grow up. That's a tremendous impact that an event is able to have. It's such a family community oriented event. You know that large groups are traveling and they're going to be willing to spend money. And it's something that our community cannot replace. I, I wonder, as people are running, and obviously they're focused on the race and their time, but how many of them are thinking about what, what an incredible city, what an incredible neighborhood. Look at the camaraderie of the people here. You know, I'm thinking about moving somewhere. Right? Is Oklahoma City the destination for me? I've got a business and I'm thinking about adding a branch in the central U.S., Maybe this is the place, and that's the power of tourism, that really with this platform, we bring people here. It's community-focused, and it's also a huge economic driver and tangible dollars in people, but also indirectly what comes of it. That's what's really exciting. I don't know if you guys even know this, but the Harkins Theater, which is kind of the the heart of Bricktown, that was envisioned by— Harkins executive who was running the marathon and thought, what a great place to build a theater. And he then developed this relationship with Randy Hogan and that became kind of the the anchor of Bricktown. So I I love that story. And I know there's others that, that have happened and will continue to happen, but this is a partnership and we're really proud and thankful for you guys. And as we guide this new modern frontier that we do it together and that you guys are a very, very important partner and a co-sponsor of the expo. And we're really grateful for all that you guys do. Thank you guys very much. Thank Thank you so much for having us, Carrie. Thank you all. For our training segment, I'm happy to welcome Mark Bravo back to the show. Mark is a running coach, broadcaster, and author. I'm thrilled to have him here. Mark, let's just jump right in. 
I know you have a very deliberate approach to training. Can you talk to us a little bit about your philosophy of training? My philosophy of training is a little bit unique, I would say. It is not all about the regimen. It's more about mindset. It's recovering from days that are particularly challenging mentally. It's being methodical, not worrying about, in fact, not compromising your life. It is balancing because Mm -hmm. something will give if you don't have gratification in all parts of your life. People who are not runners who want to be, the great thing, there are all sorts of approaches. There's the walk-run approach. Uh, former Olympian Jeff Galloway really made famous, and it has elevated some third of a million people to finish a half marathon. My wife, before she was my wife, knew I was involved with the marathon, and she was secretly training for it. It was just before we got married. She said, tell me something. If I walk the half marathon, does it count? (laughs) Which she did here in 08 and 09. I said, you darn right, you covered the ground. And what I've learned is the stories are at the end of the race. Yes, Getting to call half and full marathons, I get to see the emotion and the transformation of people's lives out on a course. And it is the best feeling in the world. You have kind of a four-tier philosophy. Can you expand on that for us? The four templates um, involved uh, in a book I wrote called Momentum are stick-to-itiveness. Maybe I created that word. I don't know. (laughs) Number one, which means, of course, we've got to put commensurate effort in or we're not going anywhere. So we can't just wish something to happen. That stick-to-itiveness grows us. Those challenges get us where we're going. Gratitude. Without gratitude, the most important word in running. Mm -hmm. I believe that wholeheartedly. Appreciate all the many victories, the tough days out there, as well as the great ones. Enjoy them with others. Revel in it. You earned that. Number three, I'd say, is a kinder, gentler approach to the sport, to yourself, and to others. You're probably giving others a lot of extra grace. Give yourself the same grace and just start. And what do you know? When you just start, momentum builds. And the further you have to go, the easier the breakthroughs are apparent. Finally, number four, a glass three-quarter full, not half-empty view of life. We all have that choice, and every day's not easy. My greatest gift was from my mother. She showed me every day, be optimistic, be positive. She didn't ask me, tell me, implore me. She showed me, and, you know, by example is the best way we learn lessons. Again, not a simple path every day, but I guarantee if we err toward that direction of glass three-quarter full, not half-empty, We have a much better chance of getting where we want to go and even beyond where we ever thought we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. This gives me hope. I tell my kids on the way out the door every day to choose joy. So maybe in 40 years, they'll be saying, my mom always said, "You choose joy. (laughs) Those two words in a nutshell. I'm a little more verbose, but you said it all right there. So let's talk about how you fuel before a race. What do you suggest eating or what do you eat in particular? I was sharing that I eat sushi before a race. The morning up? No. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be good. (laughs) The night before. Okay. (laughs) And then usually I'm like an oatmeal or banana a morning of with some, you know, peanut butter or some protein in there. What's your go-to? I find now in the mornings virtually identical to your morning of race day plan. 
night before, what I found is this is largely true in terms of a couple of things, rest and food. You can't go off the rails night before, but night before the night before is very important, especially if we're new to this. We are going to have trouble maybe sleeping the night before. Mm -hmm. I didn't. My friends call it narcolepsy. It just hits me. (laughs) But uh, a lot of people, don't worry about that. Key on getting good night's sleep the day before, the day before, and then in terms of fuel, just like on the race course, practice what you're going to do. What's kind of the common thread among runners? A common thread with athletes of any level is wanting to go where they've never been. Whether that be get out there for the first time and accomplish a 5 or 10K, move from the half to the full marathon, or improve their times. Sometimes it's simply, I want to refine my efforts and uh, I want it to show up on the clock. The great thing about the sport now is there are so many others. In my day, more of us were focused on the clock, but now many athletes observe run walk. They're not as concerned with the clock. The advent of the half marathon, more people see Mm -hmm. it as achievable who never would have dreamed it a year ago. So I love that it's less about the clock for many. So the common thread is simply raising their game. It seems to raise the calibration of their lives in many ways. And I would say that it did just that for me, going places I hadn't been before. This is the real key thing. Maybe one decides, I want to get faster. I want to make it destination events that I go to. I want to do an ultra marathon. Doors are opened that you'd never dream of. There's no boundaries. What makes this race so special? I believe in my heart that this race differs from any race on earth. And I've heard it from a number of people when I go to expos, endorsing, promoting the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. Differs from any other race because of the premise of the race. It is a whole different feel. And that is why the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon continues to flourish. Bart Yasso, who will be here, he for 30 years was chief running officer of Runner's World magazine. He labeled it as one of the 12 must-run marathons in the world. That's incredibly powerful. It has something for everyone, and it is a very poignant day but it's filled with joy. Mark, thanks as always for joining us. Listeners who want to learn more about Mark can keep up with him at runbravo.com. For this week's Why We Run segment, we have two ladies that many of you will be familiar with, KFOR-TV anchor Jolene Chaney and meteorologist Emily Sutton. They join me today along with race director Carrie Watkins. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Thanks for being here. This is our main highlight today. Perfect. We're so honored to have you. We are so honored to have you here. (laughs) So let's just start a little bit about your backgrounds. Um, Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Oklahoma. I grew up in Rush Springs. I've always watched local news, always knew what I wanted to do. What about you, Emily? I grew up outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Did not plan on staying here, but Oklahoma City as a meteorologist is a dream. It attracts everyone to study tornadoes. And I just fell in love with the people. The community was so welcoming. The weather's always exciting. Mm -hmm. Always, even on race day. Yes. Especially on race day. Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) There's been a lot of exciting weather around the races. And I also 
met my husband here, and so we just put down roots, and I'm happy to call Oklahoma home now. It's great. Yeah, we're glad to have you here now. <laughs> so you both have a love of running and fitness. Can you kind of talk about what that's been in your life and how it started? Emily, you, we can start with you. I looked at Jolene because she has more of a love of running than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's not a true love, but it's that uh-huh. you do it because you know it's good for you. Right. The thing I love about running is you just have to accept there's good days and bad days. And what I love is on the good days, especially when it's nice weather and just taking in nature and also the community. I've met so many amazing people through running. So running is love-hate. I love my little short runs, you know, the happy days. And then I don't like the longer training runs, but it's all worth it in the end when you cross the finish line. Jolene, what about you? A little different. Um, I started running in sixth grade. I ran track and I loved it. Ran all through middle school, junior high, high school, went to state every year in the 200, 400. I wouldn't say distance was really my thing, but I grew into that as I got older. So how did you grow into the distance running? Well, I wanted to run the marathon, Memorial Marathon, half or full, either. Both seemed like so far. How could I ever do that? And I never fathomed that I could actually run it because I was used to sprinting. So I don't remember what year it was, but my younger son, when he was about four or five, he's 18 now, I decided that I was going to just start running. I didn't know how far I could get, so he'd get on his scooter and I would run. (laughs) Sometimes I'd make it one block, (laughs) but I just kept going, kept running, and then decided to train for the half, and then I ran the full one year, and I've been doing it pretty much every year since then. So, And then, Emily, when did you start participating in the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon? Let me pull up my notes. (laughs) I had to I had to go through my photos. <laughs> That's just, how I figure out yes. dates too. I'm like, let me look at my photo. I know what year this is yeah. based on. Mm-hmm. To jog my memory. Yes. We talked to running legend Bill Rogers a while ago, and he talked about keeping a running diary. He keeps oh. a log. He from, a log. Isn't he, that a great idea? Yes. He started like back when he was in high school and college, ran three miles today. Like just, wow. I know. Wouldn't that be neat to look back on? Well, our watches a, now probably do well, that. Well, that's but. true. But yeah. there's something about writing about it down. About the handwritten. He it's had so like a cool. book that he showed us. Of, oh, yeah. I know. I'm like, that's really cool. So for any young listeners. Keep a log. Keep a log. Yeah. Start it now. There you go. I have a five-year journal where you just write a few notes and you can see the years past. So it's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Of course, mine is more weather stuff I write on there. But yeah. Right. Very cool add, idea. Add your running to it. There you go. Yeah. So when was your first race? First race. Um I thought I ran before this in a relay or some form, but I ran the half memorial with Jolene in 2013. And that year I also sang the national anthem. You did, yeah. So, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. So you sing the national anthem and then go run. Yeah, and I get more nervous after I sing. I don't know really? I, well, I guess it's like I release all of the nerves or whatever. So I don't have time to be nervous about running. And then I just jump down in the corral and you go. You don't really have time to think about it. Well, the good news is because she's saying she got to be basically at the start right line. Right at the start line. That, yeah. that is good. Yeah. yeah. Right towards the front. Yeah. And so Jolene and I did that because we had trained together in 2011 to do the Redman Half Ironman. Okay. Distance. Redman. Yes. yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so technically that would be your first. That was yeah. my first half, yeah. First half ever. She, yes. Emily asked, hey, do you want to do this with me? I thought, 
I, I had a bike in elementary. Yeah, I'll get on a bike and run. It's no Swim. big deal. Swim? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> My goal was to just finish without stopping. I think I was probably second to last, but I you didn't did stop. It. I did not stop. That's good. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's part of the endurance. Yeah, it's more than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Do you all still run together? Or do you train together? We have completely opposite I, schedules. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. When we had more of a similar schedule, we we would. But Jolene's also a little bit faster in running. Oh. But I would help her with swimming. She tried. There was no hope. Drown you. She did. She did the doggy paddle, I think, to get <laughs> the red much. man. But she did it, and I was so proud. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was an amazing summer because for anyone who's doing a longer distance for the first time, it just seems unachievable, unattainable. But once you start reaching these small milestones and realizing that you're not going to die, and you do get through it, it is incredible. Start oh, somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it seems like yes. It, Looking at this, when I hadn't run in 10 years, oh my gosh, there's no way I could do that. If I can start running half a block with my son on a scooter and then eventually work up to a full, anybody can. Just, you might not be fast. (laughs) Or your goal might be just finish without stopping or walk, run, walk, run, but finish. Start somewhere. Yeah. I found that the race is the reward. When you do the race and you enjoy the moment, they're not always perfect. We all have our days where... It doesn't go so right. great. But man, when you put in the hard work and then you cross the finish line, it's magic. It is true. I mean, race days are magical. They really are. Yeah, they're fun. And so then this last year, Emily, you also announced the kids marathon. What was that like? It was so fun. All the kids. I mean, oh, can we just bottle their energy, please? It's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we had Rumble down there and... They were just so excited. It doesn't matter the weather, anything like that. They are just ready to go. So wonderful energy. And I think it's so great introducing kids at a young age, the benefits of health and running for fun, just running for fun and running for a good cause. It helps teach them. They'll tie the two together. Yes. Yeah. It definitely helps. And just to learn good habits. Yeah. Learning good habits. Yeah. I think that's what stuck with me running so early on and then- Really developing a love for it later. Mm-hmm. So do you guys remember where you were the day of April 19th, 1995? I was in middle school, a civics class. And I remember going to the middle school library where our lone television was in Rush Springs Middle School and just watching the images Is without it- really putting it together what just happened. I think when you're so young, it's it's hard to really understand the, and grasp. The enormity of the event. Yes, mm-hmm. What about you, Emily? Do you remember? Um, yes, I was in fourth grade, I think. Our teachers made a point of explaining what's going on to us. Like Jolene said, I mean, it just can't register at that point. But I remember they explained to us that it impacted the daycare and some children lost their lives. And when you're a kid, that just resonates in a way. So is it surreal now to be this many years past and you're reporting it and you've gotten to know some people involved? How does that impact your daily life? I think looking back and remembering that and then watching it and then reporting on it and meeting people who were involved, either first responders or people who survived or people, family members who lost a loved one, and then running it, you remember all of that. And I think that's what makes this race so much different than it's the reason, you know. Why we run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. 
This event's just interwoven throughout the community. I mean, Oklahoma City, I noticed early on, feels like a small town. Even though it's a big city, it feels like a small town. And so everybody has some sort of connection or story. My husband's a firefighter. He knows the older firefighters that responded and all of their stories and what they had to cover. Or in the cycle community, there's Amy Downs. She has an incredible story. Read her book if you haven't. Amazing. But how she went through such a struggle and then used that to turn her life around and try and impact others. So there's so many powerful stories. But when you change the course and then put the photos up along the side of the streets, I think it's when you first changed it that Mm -hmm. year. I... Started start crying. Up. It's, it's yes. hard to like. Okay, just just breathe in out. Don't, it just if you start crying. It, hit, it just hits you because yeah. you know these are real people. I mean, now it's been a while, but that moment just hit me. I just started like tearing up and then just running. I'm like, suck it up, Emily. Who cares about your knees? You're alive. You know. Right. Yeah. What else would you tell somebody who maybe is new to Oklahoma City, the marathon in particular, yeah. just about race day and what to expect? Well, first and foremost, I would say go to the museum because that tells the whole story and really changes your perspective like we were saying in the race and puts you in a totally different frame of mind. So any pain you're going through physically, I mean, most of racing is mental anyway. So it'll push you through. What can you expect? Crazy weather. Right. (laughs) Always. And great energy. So just the energy. Yes. That's, there's yeah. so much energy. Yeah. Energy. There's always energy for mm-hmm. a race, a marathon, but there's different types of energy with this. There, the jitters, the hooray, you know, you're happy, you're excited, you're running through all the different crowds, different neighborhoods, and then you're hit with another type of energy, like Emily mentioned, when right. you're running and you see all of these pictures. So it's a roller coaster on many levels, or but all run, good. You run past somebody who, you know, there's the in honor you can tell, of, yes, or in, yes. and you might run past somebody who's running in honor of their mom or right, dad. And, right. I mean, that just really hits you when you're out on the course and see that. Right? Very humbling. So you guys are busy. I mean, you work. How do you fit training into your schedules? I don't go into work technically. I'm not supposed to be there until 2 p.m. So I work 2 to 11. So that means... I have the entire morning to train, Mm -hmm. which is nice. It's when everyone else is working, kids are in school. There's, you know, you have the entire morning to yourself. And that's nice. That's how I fit it in. Mm -hmm. Emily, what about you? I have the opposite schedule of Jolene. Mm -hmm. So I work very early morning, but then I'm done. And I usually have the daytime to train. What do you do for cross training? Um, for me right now, I I just love the gym stuff. I've been trying to do more weights, Uh but also swimming and cycling. I do love spin class and I love riding my bike. Jolene, what do you do for cross training? Um, I'm a personal trainer. Uh I don't know what I'm doing in a gym. So I'd like to walk in and have someone tell me what to do so I can knock it out and finish. Do you have more running shoes or dress shoes in your closet? Running shoes. And I can't throw them away either. Either probably 20, 30. Oh, wow. Every, you might want to let it, some of those go, Jolene. I might need them one day. <laughs> you just never know. You there never are people know. who could use them. Are these people, oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Pleats for kids. Donate. That way you feel good about getting them out of your closet. What about you? More running shoes or dress shoes? Probably dress shoes that are dusty. When I get a new <laughs> pair of running shoes, I keep the old one, you know, for days when there's salt on the roads right. after winter storms. Right. But. I try and give them away or throw them away. Otherwise, it'll pile up too much. But yeah, a lot of heels that I don't wear anymore. 
(laughs) (laughs) What's the craziest thing you've ever seen when you've been out on a run? I have a story, but I don't know if it's Oh, yeah, you can tell it. Yeah. I don't know. It's you can tell it. You can tell it. We can stop it. That happens. Then I will tell it. (laughs) Okay, so. Oh. It's in my notes. No way. Yes. (laughs) Never forget. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, April 2015. I was running the half with my friend Jolene, who's a very strong runner. She's not Jolene, Jolene. No, yes. Jolene, Jolene. Well, I have many kids. friends with similar names. <laughs> yes. But Jolene, Jolene qualified for Boston. Qualified for Boston. Yeah. yeah, she is amazing. So I had no business running with her. No, she's amazing. Um, and I ran too fast for the first half. So the second half, I, I let her go ahead and I slowed down a little bit by mile nine. But around that time, I smelled something. And I thought, is there a horse around here? <laughs> Which is a normal thought in Oklahoma, actually. There could be a horse Have on the Have you been course. around horses? Well, Isn't it? keep going. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know enough to differentiate the smell. But I was going along, and I thought, oh, maybe there's a horse. I just got a little a whiff. And then kept running, do-do-do. And then another whiff. And I was like, okay, what? And I look over, and this girl, bless her heart, it's down her leg, and she is a champ. She is running. She did not stop running. So then, even though I was dying, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't handle this. So I sprinted, gathered my inner strength, and sprinted to get around her. So thank you to that lady for speeding up my race. But kudos to her for finishing. I still, to this day, go through my mind. <laughs> what would I do? It answer, answer for me, crawl into a bush, game over, <laughs> never running again. So kudos to this hardcore lady. Oh my gosh, that's it a great story. Quiet. Well, everyone has those signs, you know, during race day. They're like, never trust a fart. <laughs> I haven't seen that sign. What? I see that almost see, every race. There's I've seen sign. it every race, too. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. seen one that said you're running slower than my mascara. Oh, I like that. But I haven't seen that one. And yeah, snarky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What else you got in your notes? <laughs> yeah, what else is in the file? I don't know. Um, That's pretty funny. To- all right, I'll oh. ask you guys quick fire questions, okay? Okay. Would you rather run without earbuds or without a GPS watch? Without the watch. Yeah. Would you rather run alone or with a group? Alone. With a group. See, ask me another one. <laughs> <laughs> Explore a new area that you've never been before or stick to the same, same. old course? New. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Run the I'm Boston or New York Marathon? Boston. New York. I'm <laughs> sensing a theme. Girl, I'm not running either one of those. <laughs> Chicago? Yeah. You should run Chicago, Emily. Yeah. You should go home and run Chicago. You guys are kind of an opposites attract pair. <laughs> What makes you sense that? (laughs) Man, group running is crucial for me. If I'm going to do anything long distance, I have to do my training runs and everything with the community. It's just hard. I'm a performer with people. Uh So when I'm surrounded by people, I do my best. And when you're training for, you know, a particular race, do you follow a very specific training plan? For triathlon, yes. Mm -hmm. For running... Mm, I do my best when I do. I might have some notes for this. Oh, Jolene. Oh, well, well, Wait, hold on. I my plan. phone turned up. I do, and it's on my phone. Wowie, wow. I think Emily likes to run with people, but for me, it's a, a stress relief, and it's mm-hmm. a way for me to clear my mind, unwind. And have quiet. Have quiet, yeah. 
It's the complete opposite. So that's why I prefer to run by myself. I've done with training plans, and that's when I do my best. But when I wing it, like some years, I just wing it, and it's not good. Right. When I'm like, oh, I've done a half Iron Man. I can just bust this out. And then, no. Yeah. It's always terrible. Today's a recovery day or optional run or cross train. So you have a daily. (laughs) So where did you get your training plan? Well, I have multiple ones. I do have one from Camille Heron. This is not one of hers. This is one I found. So you just kind of plug in where you are, what your level is, your last race, your times, your goal time, what you want to finish in and plug all of that in and it creates a plan for you. I've never done this before, so we'll see if it works. And what upcoming races do you have? Um, I have one on May 29th in California, in Ventura County, Mountains to Beaches, My mom, that's kind of sad. Um, My mom passed away on May 29th in 2014, and she grew up in Ventura County. This race is on May 29th, and this is going to get really creepy, but my mom is buried in a pair of running socks, two different ones, and I have the matches to them. And so now I'm going to (laughs) cry. When I run, a lot of times I um, run with them. That's a great story. It's it's You know, it just goes back to so much of, of why we run is to remember, and that's why we run here. And I think we've heard from a lot of different people, and Jolene, I love this story, that you have your own why we run to yeah, remember. Yeah. And it really is a great just kind of healing and, and a connection. Yeah, she never missed a track meet, was always there, and so always loved to watch, watch Did she races. run too? I think she ran when she was younger, you know, track in school, but she was not a runner. Most No, most definitely not. But she liked to watch me run. Uh-huh. That's great. Well, that'll be a neat race. There's a story in the museum. It's a, a widow who lost her husband, and she talks about one of the things she had to teach her boys that they were still a family even though their dad was gone. And I think about how powerful that piece of video is because no matter what you've been through, as you walk through the museum, almost anyone can relate to that. Yeah. And, you know, people have to figure out how to move forward and pick themselves up and go through hard times. And not everyone's going to lose a family member in a terrorist attack, but everyone's going to lose somebody at some point. And so that story you talk about your mom is a powerful story because people come here with something on their heart and they run it maybe for the 168 or for the survivors or to, to thank the first responders and their heroic work. But they also may have something else in their heart that we don't even know and so those are the powerful stories that you know we appreciate you sharing and and that so many people come and talk about mm-hmm. yeah we've heard some really cool the inter- stories in, the, in yeah. honor of you know it's not just it's, it's, it's the 168 plus other people have other things they're running in honor of yeah so do either of your husbands run with you Darlene? again no that's my time <laughs> <laughs> you like to run by yourself when I say, well, i'm not kidding that yes by myself that's okay <laughs> emily what about you um michael likes to run on his own but he did start in uh, april 2015 when i ran the half he walked the half in his full firefighter gear oh wow that's always such a powerful it sight. really mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah, and he's been trying to do it, I think, almost every year since. Has he? And he brings in different buddies with him. And it's really a cool legacy because he'll bring in some of the younger firefighters. And it's a tribute to the older firefighters that worked the bombing that my husband, Michael, really looks up to and admires. And then so. he teaches the story to the yeah. new firefighters. Yeah, yeah. It's a great story. So we're going to get the firefighters engaged this year in a new way. We go to these races, there's always be a PR bell. 
somewhere near the finish line. If you set a PR, you could ring the bell. And so um, the Oklahoma City firefighters have these bells that they take to special ceremonies or for a new recruit. As they graduate, they ring a bell. It's very symbolic in the fire world. And so the Oklahoma City Fire Department will have a bell at the finish line. And if you set your PR, you can go where the firefighters will be manning this bell and you can ring the bell. And we're really excited to talk about that. It's the first time we'll have ever had a PR bell at the Memorial. So anybody who runs a PR. Anybody who runs a PR can go ring their bell. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see that in a lot of other towns. Chicago has one. Houston had one. I was like, we got to have a bell. And the firefighters always, the bell is kind of one of their big symbols. They do it in memory. They do it in honor. They do it to celebrate retirements, all kinds of things. And so Fire Chief Kelly agreed to kind of have that as the thing that the fire department could kind of own at the finish line. And so we're excited to add that this year. That'll be really cool. Anything else in your notes you want to drop on us? (laughs) (laughs) What else you got in there, Emily? You got another good story for us. Oh, I don't know. There was um, in April 2019 when I sang sang the national anthem a second time. We had you back to sing. That's how good you were. Oh, well, thank you. That was an honor. But that day, I, I opened up last year on KFOR about it. So I have endometriosis, which is a condition one out of 10 women have. And for me, it would cause incredible side pain once a month. And of course, the marathon happened right at that time. And I ran the half. And I ran with my friends, Jolyn again, and Jasmine. And they were a great support team. But the whole time I ran crunched over because I was in severe pain for the first half. And then by some miracle halfway through that went away. And then the rest of the race, I felt fantastic and was so thankful for that. And then saw all those pictures and that was so emotional. But you just never know what people are going through, you know, mentally, like Jolene was talking about. And you never know what people are running through and what they're doing. And so that's why I think it's so great having all the people around to cheer and support. And yeah, so that was going on that day and I didn't tell anybody, but I was also very self-conscious because it makes your stomach pooch out a little bit. And I was on TV and stuff like that. And I don't know, just wanted to share. <laughs> it's, it's good for people to see the human side of what they see on television every day yeah. and mm-hmm. just how normal and great you guys are and and honest and you're willing to share those stories which is what people can relate to so thank you guys yeah thank you for coming this has been fun to hear your stories and why you run and so we've got a training shirt we've got the new training shirt for you guys and you can go strap those on this afternoon and get out and strap them on (laughs) thank you well it's a great day to run it is a great day it is so nice outside yes (laughs) thank you all for coming today thank you thank you for listening to us thank you for bringing your notes Yes, we were glad to have those. Emily, Jolene, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. You can keep up with Jolene and Emily on KFOR or on Instagram and Facebook. Now it's time for our Core Spotlight segment. We're joined this week by Sunny Wilkinson, Mayor of the Village. Runners will hit the village around the 13-mile mark, and the village is one of three cities that runners run through, along with Oklahoma City and Nichols Hills. Sunny, welcome. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here today. Yeah. Okay, let's just start off by telling us a little bit about you and your background. Well, I'm a native Oklahoman, grew up in Oklahoma City, attended McGinnis High School, went down to OU and came back and moved to the village in 2013 and got a wild idea to get involved. And here I am so many years later on the council as the mayor, the second stint is that, and loving it. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about the village? 
We are about four square miles, about 10,000 people, and it's just a little city within a city. Uh, we are our own municipality, our own fire and police, our own city crews. Um, Loves is headquartered there. So we are probably the smallest city in Oklahoma with a, you know, national yeah. corporation in, in our backyard. They're great partners have helped us do stuff in our parks. So, you know, the village is just an awesome kind of neighborhood feeling. And of course, we also have the marathon that comes through there every year. So right, right. We love it. Fun day. Yeah. So you've been mayor. You said this is your second. It's my second stint. Second stint as mayor. What changes have you seen over your course of being the mayor? You know, the city has gone through a lot of transformation recently. In 2018, we passed a bond issue for the first time and really started reinvesting in our city, putting in new sidewalks, redoing all of our city parks. We're getting ready to add a new civic area and that'll have a dog park and outdoor exercise equipment. So I feel like we're kind of nailing this, like be outdoors and healthy thing uh, pretty well. So Uh, it's been a really big transformation for us. Good, good. And uh, you've been part of the Memorial Marathon. Did you know that when you moved there that the marathon came through your neighborhood? I didn't know, actually, you know, when I grew up in Oklahoma City, my parents live in Crown Heights and they live in a part of that where where the marathon comes through and then I moved to the village and we have it there. It's a really unique opportunity to live around it because there's not every day do you have a marathon run, you know, a couple blocks from your house. Right, right. So what kind of traditions does the village have and what do you all do there? So a couple of years ago, we started doing a little bit more and it's kind of taken a life of its own away from the city a little bit since we are kind of halfway point. Yes, uh, That's when you really need people out there saying, keep going, this is awesome. And so we've always tried to rally our residents to come out along Britain Road and make signs and bring things to cheer people on. Last year, uh, A Chance to Change, which is a nonprofit uh-huh. here in the village, took on kind of doing a cheer section and had people out there with markers and poster board. You can make your own signs. They had whistles and just great music going. And it was a great group out there just cheering it on. Our firemen are always right outside the fire station because it passes right in Uh front of that. So they've got the fire truck out there and their guys are out there yelling. Um, So we try to make Britain Road as lively as we can. Yeah, that's fun. It's a cool experience. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds weird to be out on a street telling people, you know, keep going, you got this. But it's so positive and so much fun. And then the runners reacting to that is really cool. And, you know, you inevitably see people you know that are running that you didn't know were running. Uh-huh. But it's a really cool opportunity to see and experience such a positive thing. Right. I mean, the whole thing is positive. Yeah. I love that you kind of encourage people to come and experience that side of the race. Yeah. Because it takes takes a village. There you go. You got it in there. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> I worked in my bad joke. But it does, it takes volunteers yeah. and it takes people cheering on. And so it is a, a really important part of the race. How have you seen this race impact the village neighborhood in particular? You know, we have some runners in the village that I know do it and they love seeing their fellow neighbors out there. But it is just kind of a fun morning to come out and you do see some of your neighbors and you get to, you know, spend the morning kind of chatting in between the the packs of runners. But also before the marathon, we get a group together and we go out and we clean up Britain Road and pick up trash and make sure it's ready to go and looks nice and is safe for the runners. So we add that aspect into it as well. Uh-huh. Um, can you talk to us about some of the accommodations the villages had to make to have the race yeah. come through? You know, one thing we did one year is, you know, we're always mindful of what the dates are and how we're going to kind of make sure that we don't have construction projects going on that would affect the route. And I think it was the last time I was mayor because that's when we destroyed Britain Road. I'm sure everybody remembers that. Yes. Uh, but we tried to move that construction project to start after the marathon so we wouldn't impact the race, which we did successfully. But then as construction goes, that thing got delayed. And so we actually ran smack dab oh, <laughs> marathon no. and 
it worked out fine and the route was changed just a little bit anyway that year. So it kind of worked out okay. But we really do try to not do those things during the marathon. Right. So we put those projects on hold or just, you know, start, stop them as we can. Uh, but we're very mindful of, of kind of what could happen if we impact the race and we don't want to do that. Right. Yep. Got to keep the streets. Sunny, why do you think the village is so supportive of the marathon? You know, I view this, and I, I know a lot of people in the village view this the same way, too. We're part of Oklahoma City, so everything that happens in the city happens to us, right? The bombing didn't just affect people who lived in Oklahoma City. Right. It affected families in the village. It affected their friends. So it's very important to us to be part of the bigger community. And so this is one way of just doing that, and it's a cool opportunity. We love the marathon. <laughs> so keep it through the village. We'll be really happy about that. What do you hope kind of in the future for the village? Like, how do you hope to see that grow with the marathon? Oh, I, I hope more people keep coming out to cheer people on. I hope the route always stays the same. From the city standpoint, we never want to lose it. We want to encourage more people to run in it, encourage more people to come out and cheer in it. And we would just love to be a cool halfway point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, I've always wanted to embrace that more and do that. And we're getting better and, and doing more and more with that. But sky's the limit on that kind of stuff. Right, right. You know, when I started this podcast, I mean, I knew where the marathon went, but I'd never really wrapped my head around that it really does go through three different cities yeah. and how complicated it is to put on a marathon for starters. But then you added that, you know, you're doing those three different cities. And so I just want to thank you in the village for the work that you all do. I know that it is a lot of work as I'm learning more and more about the marathon. I'm becoming even more aware. Yeah, the logistical <laughs> planning part of it. Of the logistics. Yeah. And it's so I truly, as a runner, I appreciate mm -hmm. it. And speaking on behalf of, you know, oh. all runners, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the support and the cheering. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. It's our, much appreciated. Our city staff loves being out there and the these guys love being, you know, stopping traffic and waving and yelling at you too. So um, I, it's a full effort and we love it. Yeah. It's a fun day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for what you do, Sunny. And thanks for thank coming. You. Yeah. Happy to be here. I certainly appreciate the mayor's time today and look forward to seeing many of the village residents out along the course. Well, here we are. That does it for episode seven. If you'd like to pick up a training t-shirt for yourself, visit okcmarathon.com and hit the shop button. And don't forget to subscribe to the Run to Remember podcast and leave us a five-star review. The Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon runs the weekend of April 22nd through the 24th. Be sure and sign up today. And we're excited to announce we have a free concert kicking off Marathon Weekend. The Josh Abbott Band will be performing at Scissortail Park Friday night starting at 7.30 p.m. Admission is free, and it's our way of saying thank you to the runners, volunteers, marathon partners, and the community. We'll be back next week with guests that include one of the founders of the marathon, Chet Collier, nutritionist Katie Elliott and Jenny Grafe Downard offered tips for fueling up for the big day, Rachel Green talks about the Lakehurst neighborhood's participation in the race, and two of the marathon ran the malls. Stephen Abernathy and Penny Voss join race director Carrie Watkins. You won't want to miss it. This is your host, Kristen Fairs. Thanks for tuning in to the Run to Remember podcast, and we'll see you next week. Mom!